0: and certainly heightened by the fact that we are the Jets. In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move.
1: What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They they have a real shot to get to
2: Broadcasting live and local from the eight nine The Game studios in Effingham, Illinois. It's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks.
1: I might even put a flyer on Derek Carr being the MVP. And Eric Fry. And if you're wrong, you're wrong, but at least I have the guts to step up and make something happen.
2: It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
1: Starting lineup. My name is Eric Fry. Glad to be joining you here on this Thursday morning. Still morning, early afternoon, if you want to say that. Just after 11 o'clock here. We got a great show lined up for you here on the starting lineup. As you can tell, hanging out by myself today. It's a one man show today, but that's all right. We got Lots to discuss today. A lot of stuff has happened uh, just within the past 24 hours since we last talked to you here on the starting lineup. So we'll get to all that coming up in just a little bit. But first, want to thank our sponsors, Topless State Bank, Worth Computer Repair, Tingley Insurance Agency, and McMahon Meets. Without their support, starting lineup would not be possible. So we greatly, greatly appreciate everything they do to help us with the starting lineup and showing their support for the starting lineup. All right, what do we got on? On today's docket, of course, we got some NFL. We'll be looking at the Thursday night game coming up. That may be in the pod as well as some NBA action. Check out local volleyball as well as maybe a little basketball going on soon not yet but we'll get you prepared for that coming up in the show as well as we'll talk about a sports death that happened yesterday as well so that's all on the way but before we get started you know we can only start off the show with playing a little first things first
2: before we get into the show Things first,
1: and first things first. Of course, we are talking World Series. Last night was Game Five, and it started out as kind of a defensive matchup, wouldn't you say? If you you watched it, you took it in. It started off uh, with some some great, great. Uh, pitching. First of all, with uh, Mr. Zach Galleon. He started off so hot. Uh, here's a little bit of that game right now.
3: Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss struck him out. And Galleon with six shutout. No-hit innings here in World Series Game 5.
1: Yeah, he started out with six no-hit innings. He was looking good. Now, Evaldi was doing the same thing, only he had a lot more walks on the night, but it, it was all there. I mean, Arizona knew they had to come out and get the win through six innings. Galleon did that, and then, unfortunately, it was a, a hit by Corey Seager. Uh, that was the first hit of the game and uh, for Evaldi texas and then from that point on in the seventh uh, garver single to center Seeger ended up scoring on that one and that made it a one nothing game where texas was in the lead but you know hey it was just one one nothing you know and at that point they took out galleon and i i don't know if that was the right call or not i really don't um just because of the fact of you know, I thought he'd been pitching so well. I mean, I know you're down one nothing. I know you have to get the win, but I don't know if I would have taken him out there. I really don't. You know, because he gave up the single to Garver um, and that Seeger scored on, moved Carter to third. But then Young struck out swinging, so it's like, all right, there you go. Now, there's a first out in the seventh. But instead, they came and got uh, Ginkle in there uh, for Galleon, and, and he was able to ground to the fielders' choice. Um that got Carter caught in a, a run down there at home. And, uh, then, uh, Heim fouled out to the catcher. So they end up working out. You're only down one nothing at that point if you're Arizona. Um, and then Aroles Chapman came in. and uh, For the bottom of the 7th, they're pitching for Texas. And you got Corbin Carroll line out to left. Marte walked. So you're like, uh-oh. Montero then struck out swinging. And then uh, Sorbez came in for Texas. Got the line out there to Walker. So still one nothing game through 7. Top of the 8th. Uh, Ginkle still back out there for Arizona. Uh, Tavares bunt grounded out to first, so there's one out, uh, then you got, uh, Jankowski who walked, Simeon then singled to right, Jankowski got to second, Seeger then walked, so the bases were loaded, and Ginkle, hey, he did what he needed to do, he struck out Carter, and he got grow- Garver to ground out to the shortstop, so, you know, he did what he needed to do, he kind of came in and, and in a tough spot, did Ginkle, and, and did what he needed to do, kept it a one nothing game, and then, uh, Diamondbacks, you know, bottom of the eighth. Uh, Saboras still pitching for Texas. He struck out Pham, got a ground out to Guerrero, and then Thomas got a single. Um, and then Smith, who came in for Longoria, struck out looking. So they, they got the hit, uh, did the down backs, but unfortunately, that was all they could get. So uh, end of that inning, and you're like, uh-oh, you know, maybe, maybe you know, we're, we're talking ninth. Hey, but ninth, top of the ninth, it's still a one nothing game. Um, Seawald came in to pitch for Arizona. Young singled to second, low, then singled to left. And then it was at that point that things maybe started to go downhill for the D-backs.
3: And the pitch, swing and a ground ball, base hit out of the right center field. Here comes Young around third, Beasley's gonna send him, it goes under the glove of Thomas, it's gonna roll all the way to the wall. Racing around to score is low, stopping at third is Heim. Oh, disaster for the Diamondbacks, and now it is three-nothing Texas.
1: So three-nothing at that point, and you're like, uh-oh, including that air, It's like, oh, man, are the wheels falling off? Three-nothing, our offense hasn't done much. I mean, I think that would have been enough. But just two batters later, Mr. Simeon decided, no, 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 no. That ain't enough yet. Pitch.
3: Swing and a high fly ball, well struck, left field. That one back on its way, and it's gone! Home run, Marcus Simeon. And that might be the putaway shot. Simeon a two-run blast and it is five nothing texas
1: so at that point after the Simeon home run of 406 feet that made it five to nothing and the diamondbacks still had a chance it was the bottom of the ninth they needed some magic to happen and did the magic happen
3: here it comes in there and that does it history in the desert the Texas Rangers, for the first time ever, are World Series champs. And the celebration begins third base side of the mound. The dog pile as they jump up and down out of the dugout, out from the bullpen in right field. The Rangers celebrate the Texas Rangers are World Series
4: champs.
1: Boog right there with the call, and yep, the uh, Diamondbacks, again, you had uh, Perdomo struck out looking, Carroll fouled out to the catcher, again, Carroll's your leadoff guy, you need him to come through, and then Marte, who had been so hot, strikes out looking, you can't go down looking to end the season, right? You just can't. But, hey, congratulations to the Rangers winning their first World Series title ever. That is so awesome. Only the Phillies and Orioles waited longer before winning their first title. And, of course, no one knows. You know, it's been talked about to death about the turnaround for the Rangers. Two seasons removed from 102 games lost. Finishing second with the worst record in the AL at 2021. Last season they were 68-94. The worst record by a team the season prior to winning the World Series. So... Rangers had six consecutive losing seasons entering 2023. Third longest streak prior to a World Series title in MLB history. So it's been a while for the Rangers. Uh, they were perfect 11-0 and on the road this season. That's the longest road streak in franchise history. Regular or postseason. Doesn't matter. And the longest by any team in postseason history. No other team in postseason history had more than eight games in a single postseason that they won on the road. So they took care of business at home. Um, and, you know, everyone talks about game two, that big eight run loss. Texas came back to outscore the D backs after that game 19 to 8. They're the fourth team in the wildcard era to win the final three games of the World Series without trailing in any of them. They joined the 2010 Giants, who did it against Texas, the 08 Phillies, who did it against Tampa Bay, and the 04 Red Sox, who beat Travis's cardinals. So with the Rangers win, there are now only 5 active franchises that have never won a World Series. Both the Brewers and Padres have been around the longest. they both first their first seasons both being in 1969. All right, let's talk a little bit about Bruce Bochy. He won his fourth World Series title of his managerial career in his first season with the Rangers. He becomes the sixth manager all-time with four or more titles, and it's his 17th postseason round one that is the second most behind Joe Torre. He's also the first manager in LB history to win a World Series for and against the same franchise as he beat the Rangers in 2010 as the manager of the Giants. I think we can start maybe... Same Bruce Bochi, Hall of Fame manager, right? I think I think he's got to be in the consideration. Absolutely, he does. Corey Seager, he won his second World Series MVP. So he hit two eighty six, had three homers and six RBIs in the season. His three home runs are the most by a shortstop in a World Series all time. And his nineteen career postseason home runs are the second most. shortstop to Derek Jeter's 20 second time, like we said, winning the awards, who becomes the fourth player in MLB history to win a World Series MVP multiple times, joining Reggie Jackson, Sandy Koufax, and Bob Gibson, but only Reggie Jackson had won the award with multiple teams. Now Corey Seager can join that list as well, and we talked yesterday on the show about Evaldi. He was clutch. He threw six scoreless innings in Game 5 to lower his career ERA and potential series clinchers to one Point zero three. That is the third best uh, in postseason potential series clinchers. He finished the postseason with a 5 0 record, a 295 ERA. He's the fourth pitcher in MLB history, turned five winning decisions in a single postseason. Now, As much as we want to congratulate the Rangers and say great job, let's talk about the Diamondbacks. They finished where nobody expected them to be, three wins shy of a World Series. Their 84 wins during the regular season are the third fewest by any team to reach the fall classic. They joined the 73 Mets, who ended up losing that World Series. The 06 Cardinals, who won it. And the 2023 Diamondbacks, who lost, they entered this season at 65 to one odds to win the NL pennant. Second longest of any team to reach the World Series since 2000. Uh, none of those teams, by the way, the 08 Rays had longer shot. They lost the Diamondbacks this year. The 06. Uh, Tigers, they lost the World Series, and the 03 Marlins were 40 to 1 odds. They're the only ones that have won. Zach, Zach Gallon brought his best into game five, carrying a no hitter like we talked about through the first six innings. Third pitcher in MLB postseason history with six plus innings of no hit baseball when facing elimination, but the only one of the three to lose. The other ones were 2013 Michael Waka and 2013 Justin Verlander as well. So, uh, and I saw predictions is that the uh, Braves are the uh, favorites heading into next season. As Travis would say, it's never too early to start looking ahead. And hey, we talked about history being made. There was more history last night. Did you see this with uh, Mister Will Smith, uh, the pitcher, not the catcher for the Dodgers, and not the uh, the famous actor, of course, but Will Smith, the pitcher. He now has won a world in the past three years with three different teams. That's right. He finished the season sipping World Series champion on Wednesday, making some wild history in the process. He's the first player in not just MLB history, but across all of the big four men's North American sports leagues to appear in at least one game for three different championship winning teams in three straight seasons. He played For the Royals, the Brewers, and the Giants, the first eight years of his career, left the Royals two years before they won the 2015 title, joined the Giants two years after their last title in 2014, but when he signed with the Braves, signed that three-year deal ahead of the 2020 season, served as a closer for the 2021 Braves, and was untouchable that postseason, not allowing a single run in 11 appearances, Check that. Got a win with the Braves. However, the next season, he was not so good. Traded away after getting a 438 ERA and three blown saves and eight tries. He was traded to the Astros, who used Smith down the stretch in the regular season, but left him on the bench for the entire postseason, but he was still on that roster. He still got that ring. And then this season, the Rangers signed him to a one-year, $1.5 million contract. Got a performance similar to last year's. He posted a 440 ERA as one of the most used relievers in a below-average Texas bullpen, but still made five appearances this postseason. Posted a 1080 ERA in those appearances. Not great. But again, the ring still counts. So he still got that ring. Um, so how about that? That's awesome. Um, the team also had a wild route entering the playoffs with a thud after losing the AL West title on the final day of the regular season. Don't forget that. Then, once the game started counting, they really caught fire. Uh, 11 straight road games, like we talked about. The plus 42 run differential on the road is the highest in a single postseason as well. Rookie outfielder Evan Carter hit nine doubles this postseason, which again is an MLB record. The Rangers homer in 16 straight playoff games, the longest streak in a single postseason as well. So, that is awesome. The most, you know, this Rangers team wasn't supposed to be here at the start of the season. You talk about teams that were supposed to be here at the start of the season, the Rangers would not be in that conversation, and yet here they are, they get to host the trophy, they get to be champs, and now, like we said, next year, you know, immediately now, the talk turns to the postseason, right, and it turns to free Agency and the Otani decision. What is that going to be? Like I said, right now the brands are listed um, by ESPN as the best bets for the 2024 World Series at 13 to two odds. Dodgers seven to one. The Astros nine to one. The Rangers there they are. They have the fourth best odds at nine to one. And where are the Diamondbacks? Oh, they're down there at 25 to one. By the way, Cubs at 30 to one, and the Cardinals are at 50 to one. So St. Louis, hey. You never know. You could turn it around. You could be just like the Diamondbacks and the Rangers this year. So maybe uh, if you're into the entertainment, maybe put a little bit of entertainment on the Cardinals to win next year's World Series. You never know. Could end up paying out big. But, uh, yeah, congratulations uh, to the Rangers. Now we'll see what the offseason brings, and we'll see the Otani sweepstakes. Who is he going to sign with and what other moves will be made? As now that clock keeps ticking and – It's gotten sped up now because the offseason has officially begun. So, November 2nd, free agency begins for eligible players. By the way, that's today. That means they are removed from the roster of the club they finished 2023. Um, They're able to re-sign with that club but can't sign with a new team for five days. And trades of players On the 40-man roster, now permitted for the first time since the trade deadline. November 5th, we'll have the Gold Glove winners announced. November 6th, after the five-day waiting period, free agents will be eligible to sign with any club. That's also the decision for club option, player options, opt-outs, mutual options, stuff like that. 4 o'clock Central Time is the deadline for that on the 6th and the 7th and 8th of November. General managers meet in Scottsdale. Then we have more awards that will be announced. Um, November 14th, players who receive qualifying offers have until the 14th at 3 o'clock to assess the market before deciding whether to accept that qualifying offer. The 14th of November is also the Rule 5 protection deadline. Owners meeting, the 14th through the 16th, including in that, which is big for this offseason, is the owners setting to vote on the Athletics' move from Oakland to Vegas. Then the non-tenured deadline is the 17th. December 3rd through 6th is the winter meetings. And then the amateur draft lottery is the 5th of December. Rule 5 draft is the 6th. And, uh, yeah, it's all coming. So get ready. Pretty soon we will start to have some announcements, and, and we'll figure out where some people are going. Can't wait. Can't wait for the MLB postseason. One thing else you don't have to wait for is our check of local sports. That's coming up in just a moment right here on the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
2: The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back.
5: It's Black Friday now at Rural King with big deals you won't want to miss. Like this week's Rudy Special, 450 off CCI Blazer Brass Ammo, now eleven forty nine. Save $20 on a Mr. Heater Portable Buddy Heater, now $69.99. And this one's for the birds. Take $2 off Black oil Sunflower Seeds, now $19.99. Shop Black Friday now for unbeatable deals while they last at RuleKing.com or your neighborhood Rural King. America's Farm and Home Store. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan.
4: Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hims.com/joy. Through hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands
0: Mike Greenberg, greeting. The allegations against Jim Harbaugh's Michigan program are coming more into focus. Allegations of this type of coordinated and orchestrated capturing of signals looms as distinctly different allegations than the gamesmanship of attempting to decode signals from across the sideline. I think the idea that this is against the rules is ludicrous. That said, obviously, the world doesn't. The entire football world thinks this is spygate. The questions are really two that are going to rise here. One, is Michigan going to get whacked, and if they do, will that lead Jim Harbaugh to go to the NFL? The second is, will people who don't like Jim, and we both know there are a lot of them, use this to try to discredit what he has accomplished by saying, what we're hearing about the scope of this investigation dates back basically to the beginning of the time his team took a huge jump in how well they were competing. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg, and you're listening to Effingham, source for local sports, and home to Greeny on 98.9 The Game.
6: And now, the starting lineup. It's a post-weekend, so we got to give you the top three moments from the sports weekend. I'm boycotting. I mean... I am boycotting. It's like, oh well. I might have to do the top three without the, the music here today. <laughs> I pressed spacebar so many and times. Now,
2: it's time for the top three.
6: And just, it's a Monday, I guess on 98.9 The Game.
1: Welcome back here to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry hanging out here with you still. Coming up, got a look at some local sports. We'll start in action from last night at the Class 1A Windsor Sectional Championship. It was the two-seed Windsor Stustross who got the win. They are your sectional champions. Congratulations. They defeated the one-seed Sarah Gordo in two straight sets, 25-16, 25-17. So Windsor Stustross will move on and advance, so congratulations uh, to Windsor there. We'll talk about where they're going to be going coming up in just a moment. Class 1A Nokomis sectional championship. It was the three-seed St. Anthony defeating the two-seed Valmeyer in two sets. 25-9 25-15. So the Bulldogs as a three-seed get a sectional championship as well. Down there in Comas, congratulations to St. Anthony. Class 2A Pinckneyville sectional championship. It was the two-seed Carmel White County defeated the one-seed Fairfield in a highly contested game. First First set, 17-25. Uh, Carmine-White County trailed, came back one set, two, 25-19 for winning the final set, 25-19 as well. So Carmine-White County gets a sectional championship. They will be advancing. Class 2A Greenville sectional championship is a two-seed at breeze Modern day defeating the one-seed Breeze-Central. This is a great, great volleyball contest. breeze Modern day won the first seed, 25-23. Breeze-Central came back to win the second one, 23-25, and then took the third and final. Set 25 to 16 to get a winner there, and it was Breeze Modern Day who get the sectional championship. Class 3A Muskogee sectional championship was the one seed Muskogee defeating the three seed at Freeburg in three sets: 23, 25, 25, 23, and 25-18. And then finally, the Springfield Southeastern sectional championship was the two seed Lincoln defeating the one seed Normal University: 25, 21, 25, 23. So congratulations. To all those teams, let's check and see where everyone is going to be going, who they're mm-hmm. facing, what their next battles are. So for Windsor, they will be in action tomorrow. They'll take on Milf. They'll take on uh, Cisna Park there at the Milford Super Sectional at six o'clock. Cisna Park is the one-seed, or is a one-seed, I should say. So it'll be Windsor taking on Cisna Park. And then for the FGM Hearts, they'll travel to Okawville tomorrow. They will take on a one-seed as well in North City at the Okawville Super Sectional as well. Winner of those games will go on to play on the 10th. Uh, That's Friday the 10th at Redbird Arena up in Norwell for the state semifinals. And then the Finals will be Saturday the eleventh. So good luck to all those in one A. In two A. Carmine White County advances to play Champagne St. Thomas More. That game will be tomorrow night at the Robinson Super Sectional. So hey, if you want to see some viable action tomorrow night, head on over to Robinson. They'll have it between the two seed Carmine White County and the three-seed Champaign St. Thomas More. There, Breeze Modern Day, they advance to play, take on Pleasant Plains tomorrow night at the Carlinville Super Sectional. Again, winners of that will be in action next Friday, the 10th, and the 11th will be the state championship. Again, up in normal. And then finally, Class 3A. It was Mascuda advancing. They will advance to take on Lincoln. That will be in Taylorville. So those two teams collide. there in Taylorville tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Winner of that will go on to take on the winner of the Chicago Little Village Super Sectional between Chicago St. Ignace College Prep and Burbank St. Lawrence there again on the 10th. So all of the state action going on on the 10th, and just to keep you updated on uh, if Windsor was to win their game tomorrow night, they'll take on the winner of Hartsburg, Edmund, and Anahuana, and if FHM St. Anthony wins tomorrow night, they'll take on the winner of Elgin Harvest, Christian Academy, and Galena, so both those teams advanced. And then in the 2A level, if Carmen White County gets the win, they'll take on either Chicago Latin or Elmhurst IC Catholic. And if Modern Day wins, they'll take on the winner of Rock Falls and Palos Heights Chicago Christian. So, there you go. That's a look at all that on the volleyball level. Area schedule for tonight? Eh, there's nothing. Nothing going on. A uh, couple junior high games, but that's about, that's about it. But high school basketball... Uh, of course, girls' basketball practice has gone out of the way last Monday. Boys are this upcoming Monday as well. and We know a couple of teams that will be having kind of meet-the-team night. So, Count Herrick City is having meet-the-lady-bobcats night for girls' basketball this Friday night at 6 o'clock at Count Herrick uh, High School. So, uh, it's going to include the introduction of the girls' basketball players and a scrimmage as well. Altamont's having meet-the-indians night for both the girls' and boys' basketball as well as cheerleading, the dance team, and the pep band. That will be next Saturday at 11.30. And Mission will be a fee, um, free will donation that will be split between the sports boosters and honor flight. It begins at 5.30 p.m. with senior pictures. Team picture six, and the actual event gets underway at 6.30. There will be action from the girls and boys basketball teams, as well as performances by the band and flag corps, cheerleaders, and the dance team. As well, and a men's alumni game, will wrap up the evening. Vandalia is going to have its red and white night. That is taking place November 11th. The evening will include action from the Vandalia High School boys and girls basketball teams. As well, performances by the pep band and the cheerleaders. And then St. Elmo Brownstown is going to have its spear night, spirit night on Friday, November 17th. As the St. Elmo Brownstown cheerleaders will hold a chili supper at the cafeteria from 5 to 6.30. For spirit night gets underway in the gym at 7 o'clock with the introduction of the St. Elmo Brownstown boys basketball team and the cheerleaders admission will be one canned item or $1. For that one. So, a lot of our area teams getting in action. And hey, speaking so of action, the uh, seeds and pairings for the 2023 County Heritage City Girls Thanksgiving Basketball Tournament were released today, uh, yesterday excuse me, and will feature uh, lots of area teams. The one seed will be North Clay, two is County Heritage City, three is Brownstown St. Elmo, four Cumberland, five is Windsor St. Dietrich will be the six Ramsey's the seven, and Red Hill is the eight. So, it's pool play, so it'll be North Clay, Cumberland, Windsor Soustrons and Red Hill in one pool. It'll be at Beecher City, Brownstown, St. Elmo, Dietrich, and Ramsey in another pool. All of the games start on Tuesday, and games go. Tuesday, Friday, that's the 21st, 24th, and then the wrap up on the 25th. So, uh, lots of great games. All games we play at County Herrick Junior or Senior High School, with games split between the high school and junior high gyms on Friday. The Bobcats looking to regain the title of their own tournament after winning 2021 for falling to Dietrich in the championship game one year ago. So, we'll see who gets the win in that one coming up here around Thanksgiving. We'll talk more Thanksgiving tournament action coming up as we get just a little bit closer to the start of basketball season just right around the corner. And, of course, your home for Altamont Lady Indians as well as Indians basketball is 105.5, 100.5 Jack FM, and your home for Cumberland Pirate Boys basketball can be found over on WCRA. So even though football season is winding down, we're not done with football yet. We'll talk more football tomorrow during our high school pick'em and previewing games in the area. But basketball is right around the corner. Looking forward to it. Something else we're looking forward to is talking a little NBA action on the other side of the break. You're listening to Starting Lineup on 98.9 The Game.
2: The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back.
7: (laughs) Freedom should never be taken for granted. This Veterans Day, Tingley Insurance in Effingham, your local Pekin Insurance Agency, asks you to take a moment to thank a veteran for their service. All gave some, some gave all. Please join Tingley Insurance in saluting all of our veterans for their selfless service to ensure the freedom we enjoy today. Everyone at Tingley Insurance Agency and Pekin Insurance is proud to salute the men and women of our armed forces this Veterans Day and every day throughout the year. Hey son, how are you feeling?
2: Um, I'm fine pops.
7: (sighs) What's on your mind?
2: I just, I can't explain it.
7: I'm
4: a Started to wander. loss of who thought
6: When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures.
5: Our Congressman Mike Bost. A steadfast conservative, Mike voted for the Secure the Border Act to increase the number of Border Patrol agents and complete the border wall. A budget hawk who has saved taxpayers by voting against a $1.4 trillion debt limit increase. Vost reigns in out-of-control spending to secure a stronger future for our families. Mike Bost stands with our farmers to take on the Biden administration's Waters of the U.S. policies that would put family farms out of business. An advocate for Southern Illinois families, Mike Bost voted for the Parents' Bill of Rights Act so parents have a say in their children's education. A leader, Mike introduced a law ensuring veterans who appeal for their benefits get them more quickly. Congressman Mike Bost, Southern Illinois' conservative leader who gets results. Paid for by official funds authorized by the House of Representatives.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23,
2: Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Medy Medy early, early, cheesy, late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck?
0: Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime.
2: No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's an ice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either.
0: Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. The one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL grill. And football. That's right, Desmond Howard. Get fired up for the game in just a tap with Traeger's intuitive touchscreen. Then throw on your favorites and monitor the grill from anywhere with Wi-Fi technology so you spend less time staring at the grill. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Traeger and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN
2: Radio and the ESPN app.
5: It was your quarterback. It was your coach. It was your defense. Jerry Jones wants what he wants. The problem with that is, if that ever happens in the near future, no one's going to say, Jerry Jones did it. They're going to say, Dak
3: finally broke through. Mike McCarthy finally broke through. The Cowboys finally broke through. Hey, it's Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Harry, weekdays 2 to 6 p.m. on 98.9, the game.
2: This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: I'm speaking as a Dallas Cowboys fan. They're a
5: bunch of front runners. That's all they've been. Ever since they had their run in the 90s, they're a bunch of frontrunners. You know why? Because their owner's a frontrunner. He wants to be ahead of everybody else. He wants the Cowboys to be ahead of everybody else. But what have they done to really get through the, the muck and mind, and the grit and dirt
3: when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys? Hey, it's Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Harry. Weekdays, 2 to 6 p.m. on 98.9 The Game.
6: And now... You go from 72 in a sunny in Atlanta and then uh, 48 degrees in Minnesota uh, for this one They're with indoors, the Tigers. They're okay. indoors,
1: They're not indoors. Oh, not anymore. Never mind.
6: <laughs> that has long since been imploded. The starting lineup. Uh, and it's also a Shohei Otani day as yep. he's on the mound against the Guardians. We'll be uh, looking in on a Shohei yep. uh, later in the night.
1: Shohei, Shohei, Shohei,
6: Shohei. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what that was.
1: It's a chant that they do at like soccer games. Oh, oh oh, ole, ole, ole,
6: ole yeah. but you kind of were off a little bit. I was there.
1: trying to fit Shohei in there, but it's very hard. It doesn't uh, quite go with the beat. No.
6: I tried, though. It really doesn't. You, you tried. Another team that tried last night was the Hawks. On ninety-eight-nine, The Game.
1: Shohei, Shohei, Shohei. Shohei. Eric Fry, Center Update. St. Louis Blues are on a two-game losing streak following a 4-1 loss to the Colorado Avalanche at Ball Arena. The Blues gave up two first-period goals for Robert Thomas, got them on the board in the second. However, Colorado put the game away with two goals in the first eight minutes of the third. St. Louis is now 3-4-1 on the season. They host New Jersey tomorrow night. Chicago Bulls collapsed in the final six minutes of their 114-105 loss to the Dallas Mavericks at American Airlines Center. Torrey Craig gave Chicago a two-point lead with a layup during the middle of the fourth quarter, but the Mavs went on a 20-9 run to finish the game. Vucevic had a monster night in the post, finishing with 21 points and 20 rebounds, while Zach Levine led the team in scoring with 22 points. The two and three Bulls host the Nets tomorrow night. Chicago Cubs are adding a new coach to their staff. The Athletic is reporting that John Maley has been hired as an assistant on David Ross's coaching staff. Maley was the Cubs' hitting coach from 2014 until 2017, helping the Cubs win their first World Series in over a century in 2016. Maley's new role in the organization has not been announced. He was a hitting coach with the Iowa Cubs last season. And the Padres are apparently struggling to pay their massive payroll. The Athletic reports San Diego took out a loan for about $50 million in September to address short-term cash flow issues to cover the team payroll. According to the report, the Padres were set to receive $100 million from a third-party lender. Welcome back, and how about that? About the Padres, how they needed help? Um, Major League Baseball only allowed the team to receive around $50 million of that $100 million they were supposed to get. San Diego, by the way, started the 2023 season with the third-largest payroll in baseball at around $250 million, but couldn't cover it. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. All right, let's talk about some NBA from last night. We'll start. With LeBron, as after trailing by as many as 19 points, Lakers came back to defeat the Clippers 130-125 in overtime. LeBron James did it all for the Lakers, which included playing 42 minutes. He had 35 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, which is the most points by a player in a game in their 21st season or later of all time. He led or co-led Lakers in points, rebounds, and assists. oldest player to lead his team in those three categories shared her outright sense. Michael Jordan in 2003 for the Wizards at 40 years and 48 days old. And with his 81st 30-point game since turning 35, passing Karl Malone for the most by any player of turning 35 in NBA history. Took over in the fourth quarter to LeBron, scoring 12 points on 5 of 6 shooting and played all but 24 seconds in the final frame. For the entire season, James is averaging 9.8 points on 20 of 29 shooting in the fourth quarter. In total, James has 49 points in the fourth quarter, the most by any player. And with that win, LeBron also snapped his own personal eight-game losing streak against the Clippers, which was his longest versus a single opponent in his career. And the Lakers snapped their 11-game losing streak versus the Clippers as well, tied for their longest against the Clippers of all time. Anthony Davis also added 27 points, 10 rebounds, and four blocks, as since his struggle in the season opener, Davis has had at least 25, 10, and 3 in his last four games, tied for the fourth longest streak by a Laker player since blocks became official in 73 three and seventy four so um, Davis, by the way, already logging heavy minutes this season, so all of us who are questioning his durability, well, he's the only player to reach 200 total minutes and leads the NBA in 40.2 minutes per game. That includes playing just shy of 48 minutes on Wednesday. D'Angelo Russell added 27 points for Lakers, and Cam Reddish played 37 minutes after Prince was ruled out due to left knee soreness as well. The Lakers got the win by protecting the basketball. They had 12 turnovers in the first half, but only two the rest of the game. Kawhi Leonard did have 38 points in the losing effort in 41 minutes. Paul George added 35 points before he fouled out, including 20 in the fourth. That's his third most points in a fourth quarter in his career. The Clippers had multiple 35-point scores in a game for the sixth time in franchise history, and the first time since Paul George and Lou Williams did it in 2019 versus the Timberwolves. Russell Westbrook had 24 points, 11 rebounds and 8 assists, becoming the third player to record 8,000 career rebounds and 8,000 career assists during LeBron and Jason Kidd. Ty Ty Lue, by the way, was a perfect 11-0 against Lakers since becoming the Clippers' head coach prior to Wednesday's loss. Let's talk Celtics. The Celtics dropped 155 points on A 51-point win against the Pacers, who were missing Tyrese Halliburton due to a right ankle sprain. This marks the second-most points in a game in Celtics history, the most since 1959, when they had 173 against the Lakers. 51-point margin of victory is tied for the third-largest in Celtics history. Boston is also up to 508 points. This season tied for their second most through four games in franchise history. Combining the two, the Celtics are the fourth team in NBA history to record 500 points and have a plus 80 point differential through four games this season. Joining the 79-80 Celtics, 71-72 Lakers, and the 61-62 Celtics, two of those three teams ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, so there you go. It's been the starting lineup as the Celtics starters have scored 399 points this season, their most through four games since eighty four eighty five. In addition, the lineup of Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum, and Porzingis have outscored their opponents by more than 37 points per 100 points. That is incredible. Jason Tatum had a 30.10 rebound game and played only 26 minutes and 34 seconds. The only Celtic player in the shot clock era to play fewer minutes in a 30.10 rebound game is Jalen Brown in 2022 versus the Kings and Tom Hennison in 1962. The Pistons. Warriors got the win over the Kings by a single point after Clay Thompson made a game-winning shot in the final moments of the game. It marked the first go-ahead field goal in the final 10 seconds of the fourth quarter overtime since 2018, when it was also against the Kings. Steph Curry added four three-pointers and has 28 on the season. That's tied for himself with the second most through the first five games of a season, all time. The final play of the game had an interesting twist. The Kings had 0.2 seconds left to get a tip game winner. Warriors had two players defending the passer out of bounds. Basically preventing any line of sight, it ended up working out in the end. Sierran Fox did not play due to his ankle, while Sabonis finished with 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists in the loss. The Raptors, who entered with the fewest point per game in so the NBA on Wednesday, dropped 130 in a victory against the Bucks. They led by as many as 27 points and never trailed. Despite Giannis and Brook Lopez protecting the rim, the Raptors finished with 66 paint points points, and Giannis and Dame Lillard only combined for 31 points, but that is not the concern for the Bucks from this game after ranking fourth in defensive efficiency last season. They're 29th this year. That's not good. They need to turn that around. Do the Bucks? Pelicans overcame a twenty-two-point deficit to defeat the Thunder, 110 to 106, matched their fifth largest comeback win in franchise history. They also trailed by 19 points after the first quarter, tied for their largest deficit overcome after the first quarter, and a win in franchise history. Zion Williamson, yes, you've heard me talk about him. He had twenty points, ten rebounds, and eight assists. His eight assists total in his first three games combined this season. Pelican shot 8-14 off his passage. And C.J. McCollum had 29 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. It's his third 25-10 in 5 games since joining New Orleans. So, Shea Shea Gilchrist-Alexander had 20 points and was held in check by Herbert Jones as well. Brandon Ingram. Did not play. The Grizzlies fell to 0-5 as they lost 133 to 109 to the Jazz. Memphis never led in the game and trailed by as many as 35 points. The Grizzlies are 0-5 to start the season for the first time since 02-03 when they begin the year. 0-13. Oh, While injuries in the John Morant suspension have played a role in this, they are the third team in NBA history to be the last team to win a game after winning 50 plus games in the prior season during the 2018-19 Cavs and the 83-84 Suns. The Grizzlies are currently last in offensive efficiency. Timberwolves held the Nuggets to eighty-nine points as Denver suffered its first loss of the season. Minnesota has allowed ninety or fewer points in two of its four games this season, the only team to do this multiple times. Timberwolves also lead the NBA in defensive efficiency so far. Jokic hey, had a good night, twenty-five points and ten rebounds, but the rest of the stats, um, the rest of the starters had twenty-nine points combined. Oh, that is not good talked about the Mavericks beating the Bulls. Luca had 18 and 10 assists. First time in his career, he began the season with four straight double-doubles. Grant Williams and Tim Hardaway Jr. led the charge, though, each making seven three-pointers. Mavericks had multiple players with seven three-pointers a game for the second time in franchise history. Not a good night for my Bulls. Rockets defeated the Hornets to earn their first win of the season. They shot 56% on threes, their third best in a game in franchise history, and their highest marks in a game since 2017. All five starters for Houston had 15-plus points, something they did in one game all of last season. Cavs got revenge on Wednesday. They defeated the Knicks 95-89. Donovan Mitchell had 30 points, becoming the first player in Cavs history to open the season with four straight 25-point games. Plus, he is the first player in Cavs history to average 30 points through his first four games of the season. Julius Randle continues to struggle from the field, scoring just six points on three of 15 shooting. The Nets overcame a 16-point deficit to defeat the Heat 109-105. After winning their season opener, the Heat have lost four straight games, marking the first time they've started 1-4 or 0-5 since the 07-08 season. They finished 15-67 that season. They're the third team to start 1-4 or 0-5 after reaching the finals in the prior season the last 10 years during the 2019-2020 Warriors and the 18-19 Cavs. The Hawks won 130-121 versus the Wizards after starting the season 0-2. Atlanta has now won three straight games. Uh, DeJounte Murray had 24 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Marking the first time in his career, he has recorded at least 20 points and 65% field goal percentage in consecutive games. Trey Young added 23 points and 10 assists. He has 129 career games, with 20 and 10, and is one shy of matching Tiny Archibald for the third most by a player in their first six seasons in NBA history. And finally, the uh, Trailblazers defeated the Pistons 110 to 101, but lost Scoot Henderson in the third quarter due to a right ankle sprain. He did not return to the game. Uh, Shaden Sharp scored 29 points, including career high 26 point in the second half. He became the youngest player in Trailblazers history with at least 25 points in a second half. Cade Cunningham had 30 for the Pistons as his fifth career game, reaching 30 points. However, the Pistons are 0-5 when he goes for at least 30 points. So just because he goes for 30 does not necessarily mean a win let's look at the NBA for tonight. It will be the Raptors heading to Philly to take on 76ers. Pistons will be back in action. They take on the Pelicans in New Orleans. Magic will travel to the Jazz Spurs at the Suns to wrap things up. Uh, Suns are favored by 8.5 in that game, even though they just lost a couple nights ago. And if you want to watch any of this action, hey, you better be watching on NBA TV. It's the only place you can see them. So there you go. That is our trip real quick around the NBA, well, let me see, is there any any good NBA coming up this weekend? Oh, yeah, the in-season tournament kicks off on Friday. <laughs> I mean, what a joke, right? What a joke. I'm not getting into that. It's, I, I hate this whole in-season tournament thing. I mean, it'd be fine if you had it like one location, but then you have like Friday kicks off the in-season tournament for like the Eastern, well, no. Not the Eastern Conference, but there's a mix of group play games on Friday. But then on Saturday, there's no tournament games. So I don't understand that. And then on Sunday, there's no tournament games. And then Monday, it doesn't look like any tournament games. Or maybe they are tournament games, and they're just not listed. And then there's no games on Tuesday. Next Tuesday, there's no NBA games at all. I, I don't understand the NBA. Sometimes they just do what they want, and we all just have to live with it, I guess. So, but there you go. That uh, does it for your NBA look. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk about a death that happened yesterday in the sports world, and how some people are sad about it, and some people may not really care. And I'll tell you more about that coming up in just a little bit. So you're listening to Starting Lineup on 98.9 The Game the starting
2: lineup from 98.9 the game studios will be right back
0: (laughs) imagine the possibilities with the topless state bank this is justin daters if you're buying a home see us to get pre-qualified when you're pre-qualified the seller knows you mean business and that can save you thousands if you're building a new home We'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around, talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel and Effingham, equal housing lender and member FDIC.
7: Freedom should never be taken for granted. This Veterans Day, Tingley Insurance in Effingham, your local Pekin Insurance agency, asks you to take a moment to thank a veteran for their service. All gave some, some gave all. Please join Tingley Insurance in saluting all of our veterans for their selfless service to ensure the freedom we enjoy today. Everyone at Tingley Insurance Agency and Pekin Insurance is proud to salute the men and women of our armed forces this Veterans Day and every day throughout the year.
0: This is Carlin versus Joe. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Why can't we flex out a bad game to replace that good game? Flexing out the German game? I can't imagine a bigger
4: logistical nightmare. Have the, the Germans
0: done enough to deserve Dolphins against the Chiefs? Ah, it's the Germans. Can't we send the commanders over there? Carlin versus Joe. Hey, this is Chris Carlin. Listen to Carlin versus Joe on 98.9 The Game. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. This is Carlin versus Joe.
4: We're still working out kinks in November? Doesn't that seem a little odd at that point? No, and I'm already getting angry because, again, I'm going to be stuck taking up for the Cowboys. It I is amazing the way we've happening. been doing this. I don't like these guys. I don't want to defend them, but you say ridiculous things that need to be countered on behalf of the <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe.
0: Hey, this is Chris Carlin. Listen to Carlin versus Joe on 98.9 The Game.
2: And now, the starting lineup. Uh, Hello. It. Hello.
6: Hello. Welcome in. Welcome back to the starting lineup. 98.9 The Game. Hey, Travis, the Olympics are over and done with, so maybe we need to get rid of this uh, music bed. On 98.9 The Game.
1: Welcome back into the starting line. I'm just a little bit of time left here with you on this Thursday morning, but don't get download the pod over fkmradio.com. We'll be talking about more sports, including some NFL action that's going on tonight. We'll check on some NHL as well as this day in sports history. But we're going to wrap up with the death that happened yesterday, and that is Bobby Knight. Coach Knight passed away at the age of 83, retired as the all-time Division I Coach Wins Leader with 902, passed Dean Smith in career wins with number 880 on January 1st, 2007. He held the record until it was broken by Coach K in 2011. Won the 1960 NCAA National Championship as a player at Ohio State and three national championships as a head coach at Indiana. He's only one of two to win an NCAA tournament as a player and coach. The other one. Dean Smith coached in five Final Fours, played in three more, and he also coached what I feel will be something that's never going to be accomplished. We, we were closed a couple years ago, and that is Coach the last undefeated men's NCAA Division I basketball team, 1976 Indiana Hoosiers, who went 32 0 and oh he's a member of the hall of fame as well so now here's here's you know we we've heard a lot of people saying oh coach knight you know i knew him he was a good guy and everything like this and then we've also you know you see what you see and, you know you, you talk about controversy i mean coach knight had lots of controversy but he's also produced a lot of good coaches steve alford um dan Dockich. Coach K, all coached under, you know, all either coached or played under uh, Coach Knight. Mike Woodson was a player for Knight in Indiana. And uh, Bill Parcells, by the way, was a part-time assistant for Knight at Army during the 66-67 season. So even in the NFL, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells was an assistant for Coach Knight. So we know about all the... That and all the wins and stuff, and I think if you just look at that in that bubble, Coach Knight belongs on the Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches without a doubt. I, I would say probably Coach Wooden, Coach K, Coach Williams, and probably Coach Knight would would be up there. Um, maybe Coach Coach Smith. I'd I'd sub in. Uh, well, Roy Williams does have more Final Four wins than than Dean Smith, so. Um, Roy Williams also has more uh, championships, so maybe I mean you got Adolf Rupp as well, but Jim Calhoun. Um, but I would I think if you're just looking at coaching, Coach Knight belongs in there. The problem is is that it was never just about coaching. Whether it was you know he he. Through the chair. He kicked a a megaphone in a game. He seemed to always get in arguments about Illinois. And, you know, he had a feud with Lou Henson, a famous coach of Illinois, who called him a classic bully who thrived on intimidation. He, you know, was suspended multiple times due to, you know, he kicked a fan and he. Boo! You know when people were booing, he responded with an obscenity to them, and they were booing behind the bench, and he's, you know, berates referees and just all this other stuff that ended up happening, um, that you know cost him his job at Indiana in two thousand, and then you know he went to Texas Tech and had some issues there as well, but. You know, I will remember February 8th, 2020, when he returned to Assembly Hall for the first time in 20 years, it was one of those moments that just, you don't forget, like, you know, because no one expected that, because again, he hadn't been, you know, around Indiana, Indiana kind of distanced himself from him, they would reach out to him, and I think he was still hurt for so long, and then... You know, it was it was that moment and I'm actually watching the video right now of you know, they're looking down the hallway to see is he is he here and then yes, you see him being helped and and just actually you know, seeing him and Isaiah Thomas was there and Isaiah's crying, you know, he coach you know, he played under Coach Knight and just I'm gonna give you a two seconds here of the audio. You hear the crowd clapping and celebrating as Coach Knight is helped um, you know, into Assembly Hall, their Assembly Hall, I should say, uh, for the first time in more than 20 years, he returned, and that was kind of the last, the last moment of Coach Knight. That's the last time you know a lot of us saw him on a national scale, and you know there were a lot of people. I remember we, we talked about it on this show about how magical it was and how important it was that he was there, and and you know how it felt like a big deal that he had come back to Indiana and not just came back, but you know, he was welcomed. That's the thing. And, you know, especially with, you know, Dickie V was there doing the the call of the game and Dickie V's clapping and, you know, coach Knight is, you know, getting, getting celebrated by, by everyone. And it was a nice moment. Cause you hadn't seen that. And, you know, Sage Steele was there for ESPN and, and she's crying. Mark Cuban was there. Like, there were a lot of people here to see this Indiana game. Like, And, again, Indiana basketball is not what it used to be. But, you know, you see you see, Coach Knight. He's got his son there beside him coming onto the court. And just the whole place is standing and cheering. He's at center court. Dickie V's there. It was just a magical, magical moment. And I want that to be the last moment that we remember Coach Knight for. Not the chairs. Not berating. Not, not any of that. I want it to be that last moment in Indiana where the the place is cheering for him and the the crowd comes up to him and the players are all there, you know, hugging him and, and stuff like that. That needs to be the last moment that we remember Coach Knight for. I mean, yes, there was a lot of bad, but you know what? There's a lot of bad in a lot of people. And just the moment of Coach Knight, you know, cheering, and, and you can see the emotion on his face, how much it meant to him to be there. It was just such a special moment and, uh, you know, hey. Coach Knight, to me, on the Mount Rushmore of coaches. Well, that'll do it for today's starting line. Don't forget to download the podcast over at FKMRadio.com or wherever you download podcasts at as well. Make sure you go and do it. Coming up next it is Carlin versus Joe right here on 98.9 The Game.
2: Thanks for listening to the
1: starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back into the starting lineup here on well not on ninety nine the game but here on the podcast. Eric Fry is still hanging out here with you. Coming up, we'll preview tonight's NFL matchup as well as look at some NHL from yesterday and this day in sports history. But first, let's wrap up Sports Center. Um, the Raiders have bench Jimmy G and they're going to start Aiden O'Connell as the makeover there in. Uh, Las Vegas continues. New interim coach Antonio Pierce announced on Wednesday that rookie Aiden O'Connell will take over the starting quarterback job in place of veteran Jimmy Garoppolo. The move comes after head coach Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, and general manager Dave Ziegler were all fired. This week, so there you go on that one. Uh, the Falcons have a new starting quarterback. Atlanta head coach Arthur Smith has named Taylor Heineke as the team's new signal caller. Heineke stepped in for an injured Desmond Ryder, in last Sunday's loss to the Titans will now move forward as Atlanta's starter. This uh, Ritter has cleared concussion protocol and will serve as Heineke's backup. So Ritter benched in place of Taylor Heineke. The Big 12 is unveiling football schedule for the new 16-team conference. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are the new teams set to join the conference uh, to form the uh, PAC, uh, from the Pac-12 in 2024. The Big 12 said that the new schedule prioritizes geography, historic matchups, and rivalries as well as competitive balance. There will be nine conference games per season, with each team set to play every other at least once at home and away between 2024 and 2027. A deal to bring a new WNBA franchise to Portland is off. For now, in a letter to Oregon Senator Rod Whedon, the WNBA commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, said Oregon's passion for basketball and women's sports is clear. She says Portland is an ideal destination for a WNBA franchise, but the potential renovation of the Moda Center that's expected to happen during consecutive summers caused them to defer a franchise in Portland until the arena improvements are settled. So not now, Portland, but that doesn't mean not never for you to get a WNBA Franchise? Do we have anything new here? Let me check. Nope, nothing new there. Let me check ESPN here. See if there's uh, anything new here. Um, John Rahm is pulled out of the Tiger Woods Remacro Ruby uh, Tech Golf League. Uh, coaches are wanting the Big Ten to act on Michigan. Haha, that's funny because nothing ever happens to Michigan. Um, I think that's it. Um. Yep, that's all I got. All right, so let's get to let's let's talk some NHL that happened last night. Get that cleaned up for you. As last night in the on the ice, Sabers over the Flyers, five to two. It was the Stars over the Flame 4-3. Avalanche, as we said, beat the Blues 4-1. And the Ducks got the win over the Coyotes 4-3 in overtime. Action going on for today. It'll be the Kings and the Senators. The Panthers will take on the Red Wings. Hurricanes will head to the Rangers, Islanders, and Capitals. Lightning and the Blue Jackets. uh, Maple Leafs and the Bruins, as well as the Devils, head to Minnesota. Take on the Wild. Stars take on the Oilers. Canadians head to Arizona. Take on the Coyotes. Jets and the Golden Knights, Predators head to Seattle, take on my Kraken who are not doing that great this year and the Canucks will take on the Sharks Sharks still looking for their first win of the season so there you go Um, Hulu tonight has Maple Leafs and Bruins on ESPN Plus Hockey Night so there you go with your NHL for the day Alright, now we got one final thing left here, and that is, of course, well we got NFL. We got NFL for today. Um Thursday night game between uh I believe it's the Titans and the Steelers. Am I correct on that one? Yep, it'll be the three and four Titans taking out in the four and three Steelers. Two young quarterbacks go at it. Will Levis and uh Um Pickett. If Pickett's healthy, I don't know if Pickett's healthy or not, but Either way, it, I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, let's be honest; that's not a great game, but eh, it is what it is. So, yeah, it'll be Kenny Pickett taking on Will Levis there in that one that you can see on Amazon Prime, and we'll talk more about uh, NFL tomorrow when we do our pick 'em. so All right, so let's get to the uh, this day in sports history as we have a shortened show today, and that's totally good. Uh, Today, in 1990, the Phoenix Suns defeated the Utah Jazz won 1996 at the Toy- Tokyo Metropolitan Gymnasium in Japan, in the first regular season game played outside North America by any major professional sports league. The teams also met the next night in Tokyo, Jazz winning 102 to 101. On this day in 1995, Florida State won its first 29 ACC games since joining the conference in 1992, but a trip to Virginia ended the streak as Tiki Barber rushed for 193 yards and Florida State's work done was stopped just short of the goal line as time expired to give the Cavaliers a 33-28 win. On this day, also in 1995, the Yankees named Joe Torrey as their manager. That's right, the famous Joe Torrey, and as the back of the New York Times said, uh, it was at the post. I can't tell uh, from this picture. But it just says, Clueless Joe. Tori has no idea what he's getting into. Well, he led the Yankees to five pennants and four World Series over the next seven years. I think he did a pretty good job. <laughs> On this day in 2005, Los Angeles Lakers center Andrew Bynum becomes the youngest player ever to play in a regular season NBA game at 18 years and six days, breaking Jermaine O'Neal's nine-year record by 47 days. And finally, oh, oh, I may have to go home and watch this today. On this day in 2016, the Cubs come back from a 3-1 World Series deficit to beat the Indians and win Game 7 in 10 innings, winning their first World Series since 1908. Yes, today is a day we're going to rejoice. We're going to celebrate and think back on that day some seven years ago when the Cubs won the World Series. (sighs) It was magical. It was magical. I loved it. I I, I have it on DVD. I'm going to go home and watch it today. So, Uh, there you go. Maybe that's why Travis isn't here today. Maybe he's home celebrating, uh, and remembering the Cubs winning the World Series. And what I still feel is one of the greatest game sevens of all time. Like, uh, bar none, one of the greatest game sevens of all time. There was drama, there was highs, there was lows, there was unexpected heroes coming through. Uh, it it was, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun game. It was a fun series. And, uh, oh, Now I'm in a good mood. Like, now nothing can upset me today because I remember the Cubs have won the the World Series on this day back in 2016. Just, just, you know, six years ago. Seven years ago. Seven years ago now. Uh, Ah, I love it. I love it. So, there you go. That is uh, this day in sports history. And that, I think, wraps it up for the show. I don't really have... Anything else, so let's get on out of here. That does it for me for today. One man show again tomorrow, but Travis will be sending me his pick'em picks and we'll look at high school football playoffs as well as the weekend NFL slate, college football. As well, can the fighting alumni get a win? Eh, don't hold your breath, but we'll talk about them anyways. Coming up on tomorrow's show, NASCAR Pick'Em. We'll preview the final weekend of the NASCAR regular series and regular season or the, the, the season in general. And will we have, by chance, is there a chance that we may have some free agent news over the weekend in baseball? We'll have to stick around and see. Stick around here. starting lineup. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Peace out.